It seems to me that this recurrent story of prison guard falling in love with prisoner. Like, we've heard that story so many times. In fiction and nonfiction. I think mostly in nonfiction. Right. But I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we've I seen movies what, about it, I'm saying. Right, 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 right. So, why doesn't the correctional authorities, when they get together for their yearly conference to talk about my prison in Arkansas, whatever, you know what I mean? They're getting together, they're talking, and they're saying, listen, guys, we have the data now. People that are heterosexual and of different genders working in a prison someone's going to fall in love with that bitch or that guy and then they're going to try to help the prisoner to get out of the jail. I mean there's like so yeah. much data on this. It's why gonna do happen. They, why do they continue to let women work in male prisons? Because it's if it's run by the government, it's a violation of your civil well, rights. Well, I'm saying these these correctional officer commissioner people when they get together for their yearly conference, why aren't they saying we need to lobby the government? To have an exception and allow gender discrimination in the jails. Is that an amendment to the Constitution? Yes. Don't you think it's worth it? These, But wait a minute. Maybe Lifetime is anti-lobbying against that they because have... they have all these movie plots. Right. And worth it. I mean, what's the worst thing that happens? A couple times a year, a guy escapes. Well, there's always, like, this story of them, like, going into strangers' homes and killing them. Oh, yeah, that too. You know, there was, like, I think that woman was sneaking her paramour, the prisoner, pieces of a weapon or a way to get out of jail in slabs of meat. It was, like, something having to do with meat. Yeah, wow. Things you do for love. Well, now that's a New York Times article I actually read. Can you believe it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just baffling to me that that's not been they're just like you know what we got to put a moratorium on this it's just we're gonna have a total hiring freeze or just a gender discriminatory (laughs) hiring freeze um so when you loved billy joel as much as it sounded tonight that you did were you like in your room at all times just memorizing billy joel songs like how did you know what was this, the entertainer? Can, can you do that again? Can you do it again? Can you perform for me again the way you did before? Because that was unbelievable. My father loved Billy Joel. My uncle Stu loved him even more than my father. Went to really? So many Billy Joel concerts. It was probably well, he was like a, your uncle Stu was super into music. I feel like he was always think... wearing a, one of those ugly band shirts that says all their concert dates on the back. Yeah, oh, that was big in the 80s. Yeah. Bob Seger would be a good one to have in the 1980s. Bob Seger and Detroit Christmas Spectacular. What about Kiss? It would say, like, the tour never ends or something. That's the tour name. Um, so so was your dad playing Billy Joel, like, in the living room, and that's how you got to know it? Yeah, I told you there was that song that starts off with, I think it's called the You May Be Right, I May Be Crazy song. I was just thinking about my extended family's infatuation with Billy Joel. Right, you started to say something about a particular song when we were interrupted. I don't remember, but what I do remember was that when We Didn't Start the Fire came out, there was almost like a friendly competition challenge 
among the family <laughs> to see who could memorize all the words. It's like, like soft rock rap, the way oh, that yeah. song was. Yeah. Oh my God. Is that a category? Soft rock rap? A genre? Yeah, there's a bunch in there. Okay, anyway, so it was a family competition to be able to say all of yeah, it? Yeah, like that was like a big thing. And would you spontaneously break into the competition? or were like... No, like for the first couple of weeks after that song came out, it was like, like the song would come on and everyone would be like this, like, Harry Truman, Darth, and like do it together. And then like oh. someone's like, oh, I messed up. And someone's like, I can keep going. And who would be the wow. best? Wow. Yeah. And? I don't know. Um, I don't oh. remember who did it. But I remember when that song... Um, I don't know the song, but it starts with a glass shattering. Mm. I know what you mean. Um, I played that intentionally when my parents were in the kitchen as a joke. And they ran in and said, I played it and I pressed pause. It starts with that. And then my parents ran like in. like Kevin, Kevin Malarkey from uh, Kevin Home Kevin McAllister? Yeah. Uh-huh. Kevin McAllister got a bad rap. From whom? He got upset. Oh, the with family his, when the his, brother ate all the pizza. The brother ate all the pizza and laughed in his face. So he pushed his brother, which then made everybody freak out and mm-hmm. sent him upstairs to his room. But none, not the issue. His was uncle it. yelled across the kitchen table, "What's your problem, you jerk? You little jerk!" Can you imagine if your uncle said that to you? Wow. I mean, it was essential to the development of the movie because it got him to wish his family to disappear. Right, right, right. But either Kevin McAllister is sort of bad and every once in a while he pushes his brother the wrong way or his brother has manipulated everything he does to make it seem like... Yes, right, that Kevin's the bad one. Yeah. So, but... So what happened with the broken glass? Did your parents come in and you were like, hee hee hee, got mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and they're like, don't do that again, you little jerk. <laughs> they were there with my uncle. <laughs> so then, but, so your dad loved Billy Joel, but would you listen to Billy Joel by yourself? Yeah, for sure. Because. Stormfront, I mean like. Oh my God, that was such an emotional record. My mom loved Stormfront. Well, I'm on the downy, yeah. still relaxed. And I, that, was at the, that was at the time that my mother got a Susan Powder haircut. Like, no joke. My mother had Susan Powder hair. But it was black. My mother's hair was black. Or, like, your hair color. Whatever the fuck color that is, because nobody knows. You say brown, everyone else in the universe says black. So, um, my mother has a, had a Susan Powder haircut, and she loved that album so much and she would she went to the concert like multiple times like he came to the odd I think yeah I went to a bunch too I was a kid probably three or four I mean that guy loves his fisherman that whole song is about being a fisherman he loves the working man and Mm -hmm. I feel like I know that's Bruce Springsteen shtick too like he like really speaks for the working man but I feel like actually Billy Joel speaks more for the working man. 
Because his songs are so much more detailed. There's barely even a chorus right. in his songs because he's just he's doing soft rock rap for There's so that long. Nick Kroll video about Billy Joel what? in the eighties from the Nick Kroll show. It's very weird, and they end up going in the water with like a pirate or something. We watch it together. Where Nick Kroll was blind or something. No, he's pretending he's young Billy Joel singing about being on the Oh, Long I have Island. no idea what you're talking about. I was thinking about some um, Adam Scott Nick Kroll movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. This is a Nick Kroll from the Nick Kroll show where it's like a comedy sketch show he used to be on. Hmm. Where he plays different characters and he plays a young Billy Joel singing about life on Long Island. But it ends up taking a very weird turn, but we'll still we'll watch it after this. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean... I remember thinking it was so cool that Billy Joel was married to Christy Brinkley. Yeah. Like, if a guy like that... How could that happen? ...can get Christy Brinkley, I am going to find a way to get Tyson... Beckford? T- yeah. To like me. Who's Tyson Beckford? He's like a famous model. Is he the guy from Cool Water? No. Mm-mm. That's somebody else. That was like Marcus Schlegenhocker. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know what Marcus I mean? Marcus Schlassberger? Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I just thought if Billy Joel can get that hot piece of ass and she finds him attractive, I still have hope that some incredibly attractive man is going to go for me. And it turned out it was you. Oh, that's so nice. You know, Billy Joel in the 80s has these songs, and he is a stick figure. And his body... No. He is a very thin guy. Billy Joel? Yes. He looks like that Louisiana, New Orleans French chef. Um, Paul Prudhomme? Yes. That's who Billy Joel looks like. (laughs) No, no, there's a guy with a G, like Guillaume or something. I'll think of it. Anyway. This, his body went poorly, took a poor turn in so many different directions. Like, he gained a lot of weight. He was he thin, lost his thin hair. in, like, a video that I would have seen? Oh, yeah, sure. Maybe he has, like, a... Pros- Uptown girl? Maybe he has, like, a pancreas problem. Somebody no, he I just, know he sits had a pancreas problem. during his concerts, so he gets no exercise because he's at the piano. And... <laughs> <laughs> and he's only on boats, so he can't get a lot of exercise. Right. He loves boats. Sailing pianists never really caught on. Too Certainly rocky. not as an indicator of health. Right. You weren't like, I mean, this is, but I guess if you're a sailing pianist, you have to want them to be thin. I mean, overweight, because that's an indication that they're committed to their craft. Yeah, but sailing pianists used to be on every transatlantic boat. But then the guys, because they were sitting and had no exercise, they gained so much weight and they were eating too much of the boat's rations. Mm. So they've stopped doing it. Wow. Wow. Because they got too heavy. So they gave up the career for their health. I it was mean, just like ship makers were like, why are we throwing in the caveat that there must be a pianist on board? <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Why is there uh what's that called when you your rider? Why is the rider for um, us being the captain? Billy Joel on board. Um I just 
I don't know that, like, my parents, my mother had this, like, after she and my dad got divorced, she, like, became interested in music, I would mm. say, and, like, played more music. I mean, they had a ton of records, but they never played them. I just remember my sister playing um, Domino over and over and over again. I mean, I thought my head was going to explode, even though I loved it. But, but, but it's interesting to think about you and your dad, like, loving this so much. Yeah. I think my mother even liked Billy Joel. Hmm. Why do you say it that way? Like, your mother doesn't like music? My mother really... My father dominated... My mother never really bought her own CDs mm. until later, I feel like, in my teenage years. It's like the plight of the woman. You know, the men always dominating. Right. And she never, like, put... A, even the CDs that she bought, she never, like, was like, I'm going to play it in the living room. Like... Oh... She only could play it on a Sony Walkman. No. She, nobody else wanted to hear she her music. In, no, she played it in the radio in her office. Hmm. You know, Michael Buble or other stuff. Hmm. Um, what woman over the age of 45 doesn't like the boobs? Yeah. I mean, everybody likes him. I think every man likes him, too. I think every man likes him, too. There must be a study out there of universally accepted celebrities you know say like 97% of a survey mm. 95% mm-hmm. and above mm-hmm. all are okay with this person so obviously like universally accepted George Clooney yeah I guess so right like yeah yeah Mike White yeah I guess so oh and it was really just yeah. a joke <laughs> Like, I guess a lot of men might be not into him. Right. Or women. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just thinking of a guy who's not particularly mainstream. Mm. But one of the things that you said tonight when we were putting the kids to bed, you said there's so much in this world to know and, like, learn and, and things that, like, are just, you know, there's so many things. I, was, I, I can't remember what the original oh. conversation was. We were talking about I was saying I couldn't understanding understand some category of knowledge, and I said you don't have to know every th- every category, like right. Well, I was talking about science, and then I'm so bad at understanding what? anything related to science that I can't even follow conversation around science. But what I was going to say is that show that we just watched, White Lotus, where the millennial says like. I just like there's nothing to learn in this world. Um, like, do people really feel that way? That, like, there's nothing else to learn in this world? Like, that. Because they're not educated? Or, or they're just, like, over it. Like, that character was, like, over it. And I'm thinking, God, the amount of stuff we don't understand and we don't know. And I'm not talking about, like, space travel. I'm talking about me and what I know in my own head. Right. It's crazy. Right. Like, why would you not want to keep pursuing? Right. Or, or just like, yeah, I don't know. But so this whiny character, it's just made me like freak out like, oh God, do people really feel that? Like, oh, I'm so over this world. I'm yeah, not talking about like suicidal people. I'm talking about just like regular old whiners. Right, but they don't have the concept of uh, what to even start to look at. Like, what, right. Yeah. Right. Where to start? 
Yeah. So tonight, one of the gifts, because as I told you, 99% of the gifts of this white elephant were booze, was some some type of booze that was labeled with a cutesy label called Moonshine. Was it really, was it Moonshine? No, no so it's like commercially made. It's probably just like friggin' Zima or something disgusting. Mm. So everyone's like cooing over this moonshine. And then someone I work with starts talking about how she makes her own moonshine. And I was like, what? What is the main ingredient in moonshine? So, but she, then she confesses she doesn't really make moonshine. She takes Everclear, which I always thought of as just like pure alcohol. I don't even understand what it is, but people in college used to get it occasionally. It's not rubbing alcohol. So, and so... My point in bringing all this up is that there was so much to learn about moonshine, even her fake moonshine, that how could a millennial say there's nothing else to learn in this world? Yeah, I don't know. Because they don't, can't even think outside of their own uh, world, you know, their own little area. God, it's so disturbing. There's so many murderous dolls in the world. Oh my god. Oh, they're gonna kill the grandmother. Is that Amanda Seyfried? I thought it was an Olsen. Wow. What a, what a, I'm dreading the movie that comes out that uses my name as the murderer. You don't think that's gonna happen? Vicious Victoria. Oh, God. Who watches? Yeah.